do you ever take the time just to look up into the night sky and, and wonder? It's one of the great pleasures in life, to just sit back and wonder. On the night of December 21st, 2020, you could see with the naked eye Jupiter and Saturn come so close to one another in their line of orbit as to appear to shine as one great big star in the constellation Pisces. Astronomers call this phenomenon a great conjunction. That's the scientific word, a great conjunction for when Jupiter and Saturn appear to shine together as one star. Although it was pretty overcast in uh, over here, it was the closest that the two planets have come together since July 16th, 1623, and before that, March 4th, 1226. The next great conjunction won't occur until March 15th, 2080. So mark your calendars. You know. Astronomers have been able to date another great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn around the time that Jesus is estimated to have been born. And in fact, it was possibly this very great conjunction that the Magi from the East interpreted as the star of Bethlehem, the Christmas star that would lead them, the Magi, to the newborn king in Bethlehem. And while the facts of it are fun to ponder, the star symbolizes a deeper gospel truth, the revelation of a great mystery, something new and enormous that God is doing in our universe. In the person of Jesus, something even greater than Jupiter and Saturn are coming together in the universe to shine as one. At the Nativity, the star of Bethlehem wasn't simply about some astral phenomenon, but a sign of a religious revolution by the revelation of the mystery of God. In our second reading, Paul says this, the mystery was made known to me by revelation, and this is the mystery revealed, that the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and co-partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The great mystery is about the Gentiles. Now, you might, like me, say, what's so great about that? It can even feel a bit like in a Christmas story when Ralphie finally gets his great uh, decoder pen for the Little Orphan Annie show, only to discover the great mystery was drink your Ovaltine. What does this mean, the great mystery of the Gentiles having a part in Christ? Well, in the Bible, the word Gentile simply means anyone not of Jewish ancestry. It was someone belonging not to Israel, but to the nations, a word that occurs a lot in the Bible. The nations just means anyone who's not from Israel, anyone who does not worship Yahweh as the Lord, and therefore not members of the covenant family of God. And so it's a bit odd that the Magi, who were Gentiles coming from the east, would come and do homage to the newborn king of Israel. He's not their king. He's not from their nation. But this is the mystery of God being revealed, that both 
the Jews and the Gentiles are included in the same gospel, incorporated into the same body of Christ, the church. The mystery of God is the unity of Jews and Gentiles in the body of Christ. The Magi, who are following the Christmas star, show the coming together of two different people, the Jews and the Gentiles, into a great conjunction. Two different people are now to be shining as one for God. God's scattered children gathered into one in Christ. Unity in Christ, oneness in Jesus, is a wonder to behold. By the way, if we attend to the words of the liturgy itself, the Eucharistic prayers, the words one and unity come up over and over again. Because unity is a wonder to behold. The light that's emanating from Christ the Son shines upon you and me, a light that's meant to be reflected onto the darkness of the world. But in 2021, it feels something is happening to this great conjunction, this unity. It seems that it's been drifting apart once again. In fact, we might say that we've been experiencing a great disjunction in our church and in our country. And so rather than moving closer together in times of trial, we seem to be often moving to opposite extremes, to the left and to the right, which generates heat, but not much light for the world. Cable news and social media often exploit sort of cheap explanations for nuanced issues that we all deal with. Its business model is King Herod, whose attempt to manipulate the Magi proved Herod a false king of Israel and instead a king of conspiracy theories and misinformation. Whenever news divides Christians, it's a sure sign that it's not the good news of Jesus, but the fake news of Herod and Caesar that we've granted authority over our minds. The Magi in the Gospel were truly wise, not because they were filled with stats and names and numbers, but because they were fixed on Jesus. They were attentive to the truth and kept their gaze on Jesus the King. And so we too, when we take our gaze off of Jesus, we not only lose our way as a people, but we lose our imaginations. We lose the great gift of wonder and mystery that makes being human so beautiful. And without this humility of wonder before God's mystery, we naturally fall back on our fight or flight instincts. We latch onto overly simple and quick solutions to complex problems that require truth and patience. As the church, you and I are called to come together like the bright shining star leading the world to Christ. What attracts people, that gravitational pull to Jesus, is the charity and the unity of his body. What attracts you to Jesus? What about God captures your imagination? What is it that gives you a deep sense of joy and belonging in God's church? I think it's answers to these kinds of questions that will determine the future of our church in 2021 or 2080. 
What I would love to see for all of us, myself included, in 2021 is maybe we can be a little less cynical about the world and start being a little bit more hopeful and childlike towards God. Start putting our great big God-given imaginations to work. Wise Christians criticize by creating things. I came up with a few possible New Year's resolutions. Um, Take them or leave them. Just a few examples, not even explicitly religious, that might help us to slowly grow in and wonder at the mystery of God and love of our neighbor. We could pick up a new craft or a hobby or a musical instrument. Take up something artistic. If you don't have a musical or artistic bone in your body, it'll be a good lesson in humility for all of us. Try reading a new book every month or start a small book or film discussion group in your home. That's a way that we can open our minds to others, begin to see the world as others see it. Plant a garden, if you've never done that before. I think gardens are a wonderful thing for Christians to do because it shows us that real nourishment and growth always requires patience. Work on learning a new language. If we did that, we might welcome some more of our Spanish neighbors who are increasing in our, in our neighborhoods. Make a new friend of a different race or ethnicity. Here's a good one. Stop watching network news. Okay. Well, hear me on this one. I think you'll be happier, smarter, kinder, and a better disciple because of it. Find a mentor or become a mentor to someone in need, maybe at church or in your work. Help them on their career. Let's show the nations that Christians aren't people who complain about the world. We create things for the world. We don't whine, we wonder about what God is doing. And so this year, let's resolve to pull our hearts and our minds together so we can shine as one and make of God's church like a sky full of stars.